So my phone is updating right now. To beta four? Yeah. It's like a third of the way there. You have to follow back on that. So I live a little bit in the future <laughs> for a couple yes. hours. <laughs> so I have already updated my phone. And there's a couple of things that we should follow up, which all of the debacle about the notification center and the lock screen on the new iOS 11, since the first beta, like it has changed a bit and we have already followed up on this particular topic. But now with beta 4, which just uh, was just released like a couple hours ago at the time of this recording, recording Monday. And so one of the things that they brought back from iOS 10 is that now on a notification, either on the lock screen or on the notification center, uh, you can swipe like from right to left to either view or clear and from left to right to open it. So that's like the thing, the behavior that we had before. Oh, also, um, if you're on the lock screen and there's a notification, you try to open it and you haven't unlocked your phone. Um, before, like on beta 3 and, and previous builds, uh, you would get nothing. Like <laughs> maybe on the top it said like unlock or something in the status bar. But now uh, you get the full screen takeover thing prompt, prompting you to touch ID to unlock your phone. Yeah, it's interesting that they didn't put the the numbers for the, the passcode. True, true. Uh, it makes sense, right? They want to push Touch ID. Yeah, I think they're getting more confident about it. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, to teach people. Like, I, there's probably still users that are not super familiar with Touch ID, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they've always, like, unlocked their phone still with a passcode. Um, I don't know. Man, um, poor people, like just getting used to Touch ID <laughs> now and then it's going away. <laughs> you would think. Um, but, you know, some people uh, on Twitter chimed in saying that the points that you brought up regarding the the like face recognition unlocking mechanism of the possible uh, future iPhone, um, that it makes a lot of sense and it resonated with some uh, listeners. Uh, also, I listened back to the show and also like, Yes, some of this stuff does make sense, and yeah, that was uh, that was uh, uh, Micah Sargent who uh, writes at iMore. Oh, there you go. Yeah, awesome guy. You should go follow him on Twitter. So, but the good news is, even Apple uh, reverting back some of their decisions in this new build, like it doesn't, it doesn't go go against those theories. If that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all that like still makes sense <laughs> even though if they're being a bit more conservative like especially <laughs> with this new like os in the phone that doesn't have any kind of face detection recognition whatever mm-hmm. and to be fair like i don't think this is them going back i think this is just them like fi- finishing up some features they knew they were missing mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i think they just like left that stuff till the end uh, but they know they wanted to do it See, I'm not too sure about that. Really? <laughs> like, because they they took stuff away that was already there, you know? I, I feel like the, the, this was them, like, trying to, hey, can we get away with this? Like, you know, uh, especially now with the public beta. Because before it was just developers, you know, just a bunch of nerds trying out new beta software. But now it's, like, it's more mainstream. So I feel like they were trying to do stuff. I don't think so, though. Like... Why would you like screw over so many users? Basically, like every single iPhone user, for and like 
obviously they're optimizing for the new the new iPhone, but like there's way more users that have a phone that has Touch ID than phones with like Face ID, which like there's maybe five in like Cupertino right now. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I I think like regardless, like they needed to add those features back. Yes, I do agree with that with the new phone. But I do think let let's take one example that you couldn't swipe anymore on a notification. Yeah. I feel like that that's where that was Apple trying to like switch and introduce a new mental model. No, you're not gonna swipe. Swiping is to go to the camera and to go to the widget thing. You know, it's tapping and yes, you have to unlock your phone first. And maybe some of those interactions were not there yet. Like mm-hmm. yeah, you should be more explicit that you need to unlock your phone, for example. But I feel like that was them trying to, you know, change a little bit the, the, the behavior of the lock screen. Maybe because of all the backlash. Or maybe just because they couldn't, you know, with a given time, because they're on a clock. Like they have a couple of months to yeah. figure all this out. Uh, so maybe the, that was them like, you know what, this for this to work, it would require a bit more time that we don't have. So let's right. just revert back to behavior. We were not going to piss anyone off and we'll, we'll you know, We'll think about this later. Yeah, maybe you're right. Because um, one problem it did solve is the like confusion as to where you're supposed to to swipe <laughs> when mm-hmm. you're on the lock screen. Like, if you want to s- go to the camera but you have a bunch of notifications, then you have to be real careful not to swipe over the notification because then that like triggers a little menu there. Um, mm-hmm. But now it seems like they just reverted back because people are pissed. Given what we had. Maybe it was a good decision. <laughs> like, I am glad it's back, at least at least for now. Yeah. And I mean, looking at it, the, the interaction, it's not super cool. <laughs> Man, design is hard. <laughs> I don't know, like that animation of the cell. I don't know. It looks weird. <laughs> design is hard. Hey, speaking of more iPhone rumor stuff, and uh, I don't want the show to be, become like iPhone rumors, but you know that one of the stronger... One of the strongest like leaks or like rumors or whatever was that based on some parts uh, been leaking around and some I don't know inside knowledge I guess uh, there was a strong rumor of the that the new iPhone whatever it's called the Pro the the edge to edge screen design uh, is is going to have like the little forehead stuff <laughs> on the top where you would have the sensors basically like protruding inside the screen right yeah. Um, and so you would have like on the top, on the edges, the screen would go a bit further, if that makes sense, <laughs> to give room for the uh, Wi-Fi um, and the carrier and the other side, the, the you know Bluetooth and um, the battery and stuff like that. All these icons, and that that really looked so weird in all those like renders and those you know uh, fans speculating how it looked like, but it looks it looked so weird. Why? Because in all those renders, like the background, the, the the picture, the photo, just like it is in iPhone today, like the all those like menu bars, status icons, whatever, it would be on top of the background, right? It would blend in with the background, giving that weird look of like a black bar in the middle. And there's this new render on 9to5Mac. And we're going to put a link in the show notes so you can just... Actually, we can make this a chapter. So you can just look at your phone right now. Um, you can see on the chapter. So in this render, what... Uh, I don't know who the author of the render is. I should check out. But basically, instead of having the background going all the way to the top... Gordon Kelly. There you go. 
So instead of the background going all the way to the top, basically they brought back, just like on iOS, I feel like four in early, <laughs> um, like the status bar is all black. And that way it could blend in with those like non-screen area <laughs> of the top for the sensors. And this is the first render following that, basically building on top of that rumor of that leaked part. Um, it's the first render that does make sense and looks sweet as hell. Kevin, what do you think looking at this? <laughs> so I agree that it's a, a way more plausible render or mock-up. I think Apple would do something like this. They wouldn't do the weird like ears on both sides. But <laughs> this is missing some critical piece of information. I don't know, I don't know if you noticed. It's missing the time. Yeah, but all of them were missing the time, right? <laughs> uh, probably. But I, yeah, the- I I don't think Apple's going to do something that's not going to have time in the status bar. I want to believe you. But here's the thing, like why was Apple so basically bringing the lock screen because on the lock screen you can see the time bringing the lock screen from the swipe from the top thing you know because before it didn't have that like mm-hmm. there was really no reason why would you bring the lock screen and the clock to the forefront when you swipe to see your notifications right mm-hmm. uh, but now it does so I don't I don't think this is a this is a good behavior like <laughs> I really want to see the clock, the time, every time I look at my phone. Uh, It scares me a little bit, but I'm not ready to say Apple would never do that. And because of that, I don't trust these renders. Mm -hmm. Compromises, man. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that compromises would be the wrong one. My hunch is maybe it's going to be something different. I can't think of what that would be. The only thing I can think of is like, they maybe they shrink the battery icon maybe like uh like rotated it so that it's like standing up rather than like on the side Mm. and then have like put the time top right or something like on the mac there's this looking at this render there's this (laughs) stupid mistake uh the battery indicator is from ios 10 not ios 11 oh it well it's not even the, the real one well, it's like the, the, the dots instead of the parse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you said battery indicator. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the signal. The, the yeah, si- yeah, signal strength. Uh, but also the battery is not the actual icon. <laughs> True. It was one of the things that people were using what, like uh, as an argument saying, hey, of course they're going to have the little thing on the middle because they, because they reverted from the dots back to the bars because that way they can save some space because, you know, the bars take less space mm-hmm. the horizontally than, than yeah. circles. So, and because of that, of course, um, I just hope that they get rid of the carrier name because that, that shit's bananas. Like, if you, if it's said like AT&T, that's cool <laughs> and all because it's, you know, short and sweet. But mine is like Vodafone P <laughs> and we're like lowercase and the P is uppercase. It's, it's weird and ugly as hell. Um, so uh, let me ask you, would you, do you know, like, today when you tap on the status bar on your phone, like, is, that is used to scroll all the way to the top, for right. example. Would you think that if they made, like, the whole top uh, portion of your phone, so you have, like, the, the status bar and the little sensors, if you tap there, up there, maybe they could 
temporarily switch like the battery or the Wi-Fi thing for the time, you know? Maybe say like time and date on the other one. So if we could just tap it to see the time. I still think that and would be could, the wrong compromise to make. But. Well, but it's it is yeah, it is a compromise, but and you you could even tap on the sensors itself because if they're proximity sensors, you could tap on them and they know that you tapped on them. So that that could be neat. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I just I just don't know what they're gonna do there. It seems like they, there's so little space that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm having a hard time seeing anything other than just like the back to whatever. Everything else is like a big compromise. Um, but who knows? I don't know. I'm so excited about this phone. <laughs> uh, like really can't wait to see what they're gonna do. All right, should we move okay. on? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> do you have internet or not? Cool. Uh, no. <laughs> so yeah, I thought. Eh, have to do my weekly update still no internet saw my landlord last week uh, and apparently they were supposed to have someone come in today and sort this out but i have no faith (laughs) that i will have the internet when i get home when you say faith (laughs) yes i mean faith arena (laughs) good luck with that dude like i so I don't I don't I'm not sure if I shared this on the show, but previously on a previous life, aka like my previous apartment, I I spent like I I had I spent a a month and a week without like hot water, <laughs> and that was like terrible experience in the middle of the winter. Uh, but you know you've been like it's almost a month without internet. I don't know if I would you know trade. <laughs> I think I would prefer to <laughs> to survive without hot water for a month than with no internet for a month. That is know. crazy. I would not make that mm. trade off. <laughs> this just proves who's the most millennial of us two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but it's honestly not that bad. Like everyone makes it seem like it's this crazy thing, but honestly, like it can just tether on my iPhone whenever I need internet on my computer or something all i have to do well, is just avoid downloading big things and or download movies and tv shows at the office i was working from home at the time so oh okay yeah like me yeah. having no internet at home when i work from home is yeah that's double, a problem <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> anyway i wish you luck dude like i wish that today when you get back home you're gonna have internet that would be amazing but i'm pretty sure i still mm-hmm. have to call like the internet service provider to like figure out the whatever plan i'll be on and stuff Ugh. but even if i like i would be massively excited if i can do that like tonight when i get home <laughs> like i still don't think that's gonna be true <laughs> i can't wait to call my isp and go over contracts yeah like what <laughs> i'm like hoping sad. is 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 that I can at least do that this week, like maybe this weekend. Mm. But yeah, my my hopes are low. <laughs> What's going to be the first thing you do when you have internet? Uh, so like hmm. there's someone there and activating the internet and you're checking your phone, try to, you know. Yeah, good question. I think uh, I think I just stream Game of Thrones for the fir- very first time. <laughs> I think that's what I'll have to do. So, you haven't watched Game of Thrones? No, never. 
Wait, oh, right, the entirety of it, not just yeah. this last season. So right? I haven't watched oh. any episode of Game of Thrones. I know, this okay. is crazy, um, but there's so many seasons that I never felt like mm. catching up. And the longer you wait, <laughs> more the seasons are going to be. That is very true. Uh, but what I was thinking of doing is maybe wait till this season is over and then start watching it from the beginning uh, with friends of mine. And yeah, it's gonna I guess, like this season is shorter. It's only seven episodes, and yeah. we already have two. Yeah, out, so five weeks. Yeah, we'll see. The other thing I was considering is like, what if I've like really binge watch it so that I can at least watch like the last episode of this season, <laughs> like with hmm. n- at normal time. But I feel like that'd be a lot of watching. Well, there's six seasons. I think it's ten episodes each, so that's sixty episodes, and it's roughly an hour an episode, so it's sixty hours. So, you know, that's like three full days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no sleep. <laughs> no eat. Yeah. If you don't sleep. You don't eat. You don't. So we'll see. Do I don't it. know how realistic that is. <laughs> Who knows. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think I think I'll be able to make that call once I have internet at my place. Uh, before then, okay. it's impossible. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, keep us posted. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> All right. So you uh, tweeted, well, you retweeted someone, and that someone, uh, Stephanie Hurlbert. Okay, so let me give you some cont- context. So I was browsing Twitter this weekend, uh, and I saw someone uh, like quote tweet this tweet uh, from Stephanie Hurlbert and that tweet said uh, for people who are in a position to give help post to your timeline every now and then uh, that you're open to questions that makes a difference and so I looked at this and then I honestly like thought about it for a while before (laughs) before doing anything with it Um, because I was like I was feeling all self-conscious of like oh like Am I pretentious enough to think I can help people? <laughs> I was like, should I do this? I'm like, isn't that like just a douche move? Like, to just be like, hey, I can help you solve all your problems. And then ultimately, I decided, you know what? If this, if you're able to help even one person, then this will be worth it. So what I tweeted was, if you think I can help you with something, don't hesitate to ask. I would love to help out. So. I didn't assume anything. I didn't assume I was able to help anyone with anything, but uh, I kind of left it up to the people of Twitter to decide if they wanted my help with something. And so as a result, I had uh, two really interesting questions uh, that uh, I think it would be interesting for both of us to talk about, because I am also really curious in your perspective on both of these questions. So, yeah. When you did that, I was like, that's awesome. And just like you, I wasn't sure if I, like, it, I would feel weird to say, hey, you know, ask me questions. I can help you. It's so weird. I don't know. I didn't do it, by the way. Uh, not because, like, I don't want to help out, but because <laughs> I felt I felt uncomfortable, you know. Um, I was going to say I felt uncomfortable, like, offering <laughs> help in advice. <laughs> That's not what I mean, you know. You know, Stephanie, she she has like twenty k followers, or something. Mm-hmm. I have two. You know, it's like I don't have a huge audience. I don't. I feel weird. 
But I'm really glad you did it. And, you know, seeing you and that you had like a couple questions in, like I, I think I, I want to do it. I don't, I don't know. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll chime in on the questions and I'll just offer my perspective and opinions if I have some. And then maybe I'll do something. I'll try to do this. Cool. Yeah. Honestly, I'm glad I did it. Uh, I also had another yeah, uh, question from someone <laughs> over DM, which I'm not going to mention because um, I haven't asked them. Uh, but yeah like i don't know it's just like pretty cool that like just saying that you're open to questions and like willing to help out people um mm -hmm. makes them actually want to ask that question like my original assumption was that people would just ask <laughs> immediately without yeah. like thinking too much about it but maybe not everyone feels comfortable asking like right away without sort of having that implicit permission so yeah, I just, I just decided to give it a try. That's true. I'm glad you did. I so let's let's jump in. Um, yes, I'm going to ask you the question. Uh, this <laughs> okay. is from uh, the first one is from Nikhil Sethi. I apologize if I pronounce your name wrong. Uh, but so he asks, uh, "Hey Kevin, <laughs> how do you develop a personal design process? Books, suggestions. Also, how do you get ideas for side projects?" Yeah, so those are two pretty different questions. So let's let's start with the first one. So how do you de develop a personal design process? So yeah, my opinion on this is that you shouldn't stress it too much. You should basically like start doing work <laughs> in the way that makes the most sense for you. But the, the, the trick there is to look like every time you complete a project is to look back at that project and think about, okay, what worked, what didn't, is there anything that I would do differently if I would do this project again? And then slowly but surely, over time, keep evolving your design process. Because I don't think like a design process is something that you can come up with and then keep forever. I think that design process is going to need to adapt and evolve and change over time, but also depending on which projects you're, you're doing. If you're doing like a a two-week project versus if you're doing a six-months project, that's going to require a very different pro uh, process. So look at the kind of project that you're doing. Look at which environment you're in, too. Are you in an agency? Are you a freelancer? Are you in a product company? And also, like, what works well for you and, and what doesn't? Like, if some, something might work really well for me, but not at all for you. Um, and that's totally fine, but it's basically up for you to, to decide. Do you think that's that's a fair um, answer, Rafa? It is, and I'm pretty much the same way. It's like by experience, uh, you start to notice what works for you or not, and where do you fail, and where do you need to improve and spend more time on, you know? Um, also, I would just add that a lot of my personal design process is very much influenced by companies that I worked at, like in the process mm -hmm. that they had yeah. and they had in place. I, I learned a ton by just like, just by my past professional experience, you know, uh, and by working with other people that had their own processes and opinions. So it's pretty much it. Like don't, there are no perfect processes and there is no one process that works for every scenario and every situation. So don't stress over it. Like, don't worry about it. Just, do your thing, uh, and you know, like reading around on the internet and talking to 
peers and friends and see how they work out how does their process looks like yeah just don't stress it then just just you know see what works and try stuff out and if you don't like it and it doesn't work out for you just drop it don't do it you know yeah and so i think now an interesting thing for us to do would probably be to talk about either like things that have worked really well for us in our process or things that uh maybe we've done or we've seen uh that like are maybe mistakes or things that don't tend to work well for people because i i it, well, do you think that like everyone should have their own process that it shouldn't be the same for everyone i think there are a couple things i've noticed over the years um that that just seem to be good general advice for what like your process should be um so i don't know if you ha have any of those uh, rafa one thing that i recently changed in my in my process i guess and this is like zooming very much like zooming a lot in so it's very specific mm. but uh i naturally tend to when i'm designing ui when i'm working on ui i tend to overthink a lot and like stare at a computer screen for for like hours sometimes working on this one thing and in your mind you're going over all like every possible iteration and scenario and seeing what works and like you're not doing anything i'm not touching the mouse i'm just looking at and trying to imagine what would work and not um by by doing that you are already eliminating a lot of stuff that you just by thinking about it you can realize that oh yep that that wouldn't work that kind of works out when you're <laughs> working by yourself but i've been uh, recently like even things that i am pretty sure that they're not going to work out like they're not good options just mock them up try them out just so you have a pool of explorations and other takes and maybe you know you realized just by thinking about it that those were not good options but by having them by having tangible things that you can look at you could also like show to other people because sometimes you think that's not going to work out uh, show the your peers that why they're not going to work out at least you have like a bunch of a pool of other options explorations that you can show and compare to so that's one thing because i know you kevin you do that a lot like you you create you duplicate artboards all over the place and you try a lot of different um like options and you explore a lot and then you know slowly like narrow it down to a couple i'm I naturally am not like that. I've been trying to be more like that, but naturally I just tend to look at something and like tweak this one mock-up mm. <laughs> um, and not have like a bunch of uh, options. So right. that's the one thing that I've been doing more and more. And so far, like it's it's a positive one. Yeah, that's really good advice. The way I see it is like you you have to get rid of the bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like just write them down like put them on paper or put them in sketch and then they have to be there on screen like just put yeah. as many ideas as possible like just lay everything out, out on the screen and that like once you've done that this is where like the interesting ideas come from because usually they're mm -hmm. the harder ones to, to think about even the terrible ones <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's kind of hard to communicate like ui and layout on a you know audio medium like on a podcast mm -hmm. but like so for the sake of argument like if you're trying to think of a color for this one button and you think uh, blue can be cool green maybe red no that's terrible <laughs> still mock that red one like 
put it out there uh, alongside all the other options just so um like you can see it you have it you explored it you tried it right and there there's obviously a limit to that <laughs> you can't just have a mock-up with every possible color <laughs> yeah i'm gonna try all the fonts <laughs> <laughs> but you know like uh, mock up the the ones that sort of makes make sense because you know what's gonna yeah. happen is you'll end up in a design review either with like your product manager or your client and they're gonna be like oh what about doing this thing <laughs> and if you thought yep. about it and you're like this is a bad idea you can tell them that that it you're like oh yeah no that's not a good idea and like try to explain but if you've already tried it you can say i tried it and it doesn't work for these reasons and to me like in my experience that's a much more powerful answer um, and tends to be a lot more convincing one uh for for me that i would say is a mistake that I've made often in my my career and I will probably make again, but I'm trying to avoid it. And that is jumping into actual design too early. Like, Mm. and the more I sort of progress in my career, the more I feel like I should be spending time before actually even touching anything that remotely looks like a user interface. So, for me, it's like emphasizing on research, like looking at like competitors, looking at getting information from all your different stakeholders, getting more information on um, like the the context of your product, the ecosystem it fits into, talking to like your your support people, like sort of getting a good feel for what the the project is about and the problem that it's solving. I think that like makes such a huge difference into uh, how fast you'll be able to design, but also the quality of your solution. Uh, it's going to be much more thought out if you've actually done that kind of that work of laying laying down the the groundwork for you to build onto that with your design. And more recently, one thing that I learned is that you should also apply this to the product in general. Like I've been I'm becoming more and more trying to find the right word here. Um, I'll say it. It'll probably sound w- wrong, but I'll explain after. <laughs> so I've been like getting a bit more skeptical uh, whenever I hear about new projects. Uh, <clears throat> and that's a, that sounds like really n- negative, but it's it's really as a way to like kind of test ideas. But whenever like your product manager is like, pitching you on this like great product product idea that we should start take a more skeptical approach yeah like play mm-hmm. the devil's advocate like see like try to find the reasons why this project may or may not make sense right before even starting you need to figure out know exactly what this project is going to bring to the table and how it's going to have a difference and how you as either a company or an individual can make a difference there and I find that that leads to a lot, a lot less like last minute changes of focus or like last minute you're presenting it at a stakeholder review and then some people are like all of a sudden questioning the premise of the project. Like having taking that time at the very beginning to figure out, okay, is this really where we want to go to? And does it make sense in the relation to all the other projects that we could possibly be doing? So that's kind of uh, one of the latest additions to my design process that uh, I'm really trying to apply everywhere. 
That's a good one. That's a very good one. You don't want to spend hours and hours on something just by then, like, realizing, oh, crap, this is not even a good idea. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, second part of the question, I guess. Mm-hmm. How do you get ideas for side projects? I think that that would be a good question for you. So I'm curious to hear your answer <laughs> first. I don't I don't know why. We have, like, roughly the same You're amount like of You're, like, the master projects, of side projects. Well, no. <laughs> how do I get ideas? The hard question here is how do you single out ideas, you know, like filter. <laughs> the way I get ideas for side project is just being really excited about a lot of stuff and interested in a lot of stuff and just like liking stuff. <laughs> uh, this is super vague. How do you like more stuff, Rafa? <laughs> yeah. How do you like stuff? Uh, no, it's just like, I don't know. I feel the side project is very tied to the natural and personal curiosity of a person. Like when I when I did vlogging, like I started vlogging for a while. Why? Because I was really into YouTube and I was watching a lot of vlogs and I liked it. And I was like, this is awesome. I liked vlogs. I like video in YouTube. How do I, like, I want to be part of it. I want to do this as well. And I did it for like six months or something. And then I stopped. And that's fine. Uh, I'm not like sour about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. Uh, I just don't have the time. Spoilers. Uh, I would love to keep doing it. And so like all of the, all of my side projects were fueled by this natural curiosity of like, wouldn't it be cool? Or can I do this? Or like, you know, uh, I built a game because I I found this one cool idea that maybe this would be cool, or a need. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we had an app that would do this for me? Because I I feel like that's so cool. So, <laughs> or like, can I even do this? Like, can I do a podcast and commit to it and you know making it entertaining every week for at least like three people? <laughs> uh, you know. Could we? Can I do this? Uh, and is it cool? Will I like it? And most of the, my side projects, like I don't know, going in if I'm gonna enjoy it, if I'm gonna keep doing it for a, for a long time. I don't know. That's not the point. The point is that you have this desire or curiosity or passion to do something, and just just do, just do it. So how do I get ideas? Is just I just I don't know. I just read and consume and watch podcasts and look at YouTube all day and play games and stuff. So that's, that's all I do. Like there's no formula that I'm like, okay, I need a new side project. I'm going to do this to get inspired, to get a new idea that never happened. I never started a side project because I was looking for a side project right. for myself, you know? I feel like it's the other way around. <laughs> You're like, I, w- I was happy here, like, alone, like, doing my thing, like, watching Netflix. <laughs> but goddamn <laughs> side projects, they always find me. <laughs> yep. Um, but there is, like, I think some things you can do um, if you'd like to do more side projects and don't know how to get started. For me, I- I'd say, like, one of the big just... Uh, insp- sources of inspiration is like hanging out with people like Rafa who always constantly have a million ideas <laughs> and, and not necessarily because like I'm gonna steal his ideas <laughs> but <Thank God. laughs> uh, because just being surrounded Please by do. makers inspiring in and of itself and kind of being surrounded with like those kinds of people you're, you're kind of like oh damn he's doing this thing that's so cool 
I'm like, I wonder what I could do. Uh, <laughs> and so it inspires you to like do your own things. So the answer is to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. But there's another thing, and I don't know if that's uh, there's similar things in other cities, but there's a, a thing that happens here in Montreal, uh, and it's called Saturday Side Project. And it's one of nice. my friends who organizes it, uh, which is how I learned about it. But a bunch of people join in, and basically he kind of, organizes this uh event on on saturday and basically people can he posts it on meetup i think uh and then people can just sign up and then go to this like specific coffee shop they pick a different location every time uh and then just go and work on their side projects with other people uh so i love that because it's it makes it a lot more motivating to kind of like get out of of your house and like go to a place and then be surrounded by people who are actually also doing their own things uh, mm -hmm. and can maybe help you if you have some questions or things you're struggling with or want to bounce ideas off of each other. So that's a super cool resource. Um, so you can try to see if that's available in your city. If it's not, well, there you go. You have you found your, your first side project idea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's a good point. That's something. Yeah, I, I want to also point out that even if so, if you don't have an idea, you don't know what to do, what you could do. There's a lot of people out there that have the ideas, but don't have the time, and they would love to have, you know, some help, uh, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't like I have some ideas and some projects that I started, but not really like you know I haven't put the work in that I that it needs, and so like if some. You know, if someone would, you know, come up to me and say, hey, like, I have, I have some free time. I know JavaScript or I know, you know, I know how to do this and I would like to, like, do you have anything? Are you working on anything? Do you want help? Or, you know, if you're a developer, there's a lot of open source projects that, you know, there's a lot of people working on and, and building something. If you have free time and you want to occupy yourself and you want to, like, you know, get yourself busy, but you don't have any idea or cool thing that you want to pursue... Just look around, you know, yeah. ask around, ask some friends, ask on Twitter, like, hey, is anyone working on stuff and needs help? I don't know. Like, that also works. Yeah, or how about this? Like, find the charity you like and offer your services. Like, tell them, like, hey, I'll, I can, like, help with your website or design, like, fix the design of your app or design you a new icon that's going to work better for your brand, like, that's like something really cool that you can do and have like an actual impact and it's for a good cause so yeah really have and bonus you know it's a it's one other piece of work to add to your portfolio yeah that's you know that's how i started my my portfolio was like <laughs> you know uh, reaching out to people saying hey your product sucks here's <laughs> <laughs> this may or may not be the best way to introduce yourself <laughs> by the way don't do that yeah don't do that that, that don't but hey at least uh, i got some work that i could show off but uh yeah don't do that please um don't be an asshole all right <laughs> thanks uh nick hill uh, for the questions that was that was cool yeah that was great. yeah that's great we have one other question though yes so again apologize in advance for mispronunciations johans kempf asks kevin how are you integrating design in your agile process? Sprint, backlog, user stories, planning, etc. Anyone interested in a short exchange? I guess this was not asked directly to you, but then he was like, hey, Kevin, can you answer this one? Yeah. 
I am famously not a huge fan of the uh, the agile process, uh, at least as like it is uh, described and implemented in many companies. Uh, so this is, makes a makes it a really interesting question for me to try to answer. But basically, the TLDR is um, that I, I I like the ideas around agile. Um, I think there are they're good ideas, but I do think that a lot of the um, surrounding practices are a little bit a little bit crazy. <laughs> like they're they I feel like they make you. Uh, they assume that as the person on that team, you're not smart. <laughs> like, How come? for example, like they have all these like point systems and like weekly sprints and backlogs, and it, it basically treats everyone as sort of a cog in this giant machine, which I don't think is the way to go. But interesting, the idea. Uh, generally, I think is a good one, right? So that that, that idea is is that you don't want to have a process where you do the thinking first, and then you do all of the thinking, then you go do all the design, and then like complete a, an entire design flow, and then you like throw it over <laughs> the, to the wall, and then pass it on to the the, the development team, and then the development team works on it for a bit and then maybe some stuff can't be done or some stuff is just like gets implemented but it's it's really doesn't match the actual design but whatever it's too late the thing is over the wall now it's it's in our backyard so the only way forward <laughs> the only way is forward so that creates like kind of weird outcomes in my opinion like it, it doesn't lead to the best results. That's the, the more waterfall approach. And agile is like, no, no, no. Like, let's forget about this. Like, let's have cycles where I'm going to work on a specific feature, or a specific part of, say, the interface. But then we're going to all have a loop and we're going to like exchange information with each other so that basically rather than building everything all at once, we're going to tackle like it, we're going to tackle it piece by piece and usually what that leads to is more communication within team and better outcomes uh, and it's going to also be easier for your stakeholders to sort of review how everything's going and with better collaboration with your developers you're going to be more informed as to like what is possible what isn't and they're going to be more informed as to like what are uh, the important de design decisions that we shouldn't compromise on now, with all of that out of the way, how do I uh, think or how do we at Shopify integrate design into our process at Shopify? Well, uh, it's pretty simple. There, well, there's one basic thing that we do at Shopify is that we tend to start as a team at the same time. So we are all working together. So design doesn't get a head start or development doesn't get a head start. We all start around the same same time, and then we'll usually start off with some like project brief that lays out the problem, and then we'll do that research phase together as a group. So on the development side, on the design side, so we're we're bringing a uh, UX uh, research onto the onto the process, and then basically what we're gonna do with that is 
everyone's going to work towards that same goal and achieve those those same uh those same pieces but we're we're not going to do any tracking we're not going to do uh much of like a, a actual like time evaluation what we'll tend to do oh, instead no. is do weekly stand-ups and share wh- whatever we're up to that way and like sometimes we will say like okay i think this takes a lot of time like i think this overall project's should take us about six months to do, but we're less specific about like dates or tracking mm-hmm. or points or anything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's how we do it at Shopify. Um, it's a lot less strict, which makes it a lot less easy to explain to other people, uh, but it actually does work quite well for us. And it means that everyone has a lot more flexibility and is uh, treated much more like an owner if I can say and and again like i i'm really conscious that this is my bias that i don't personally like the the actual agile process but i think having that holistic view of the entire project and not just focusing on a single story at a time so basically the idea is you have a a big picture overview but you're working on smaller chunks and always thinking about okay what is the smallest impactful piece that we can ship is uh, in my opinion, the the way to go. What do you think, Rafa? Do you do uh, Agile at Netlify? Technically, yes, I think. <laughs> I'm going right, to... Here's a confession. I have no idea what Agile, Scrum, Masters, things, <laughs> processes, like what they yeah. actually are. And I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I do know that I've tried them all in different companies and we've tried all the processes there are. I have no idea which one are them. <laughs> uh, like I roughly know. Uh, and I know that all of them suck um, and they're all cool <laughs> or like valuable. And <laughs> um, Netlify, it's, it has been very, very interesting because first like we're still a small startup uh, which means like you know you you have to ship something like every week you have to move very fast um but on the other side like it's also very interesting to me that in the last year or so the the team has like more than doubled and and so like it's been fascinating to me to see the company evolve and change like organically right Mm -hmm. Uh, because in the beginning like when you're six people there are no teams inside you know there's like there's a six of us i know all of your names and your (laughs) middle names and your you know spouses names and all like i know you you're all my friends let's just talk and let's you know figure this out of course that's not scalable like this you need processes to kick in so i started all this by saying that technically yes but it's a very it's a very uh, small version of Agile. What, what we do is that like, we have a product team, which right now we're around six, six, seven people. And what we do is like every once in a while, we have this be a big uh, company-wide meeting in where we have like the plan for like long-ish term plan, meaning like, all right, for September, for October, we need like we have this event or this release we're going to need we're trying to aim to have this feature and this feature out and we need this and this right like this long-term vision like where we want to be or we need to be mm-hmm. that's cool 
but you can't really act on it at that scale. So then we, you know, we we zoom in and we scope out. And in the product team, uh, what we do is we have biweekly sprint uh, planning, basically. So we we have our sprints; they're two weeks long, and so every two week we have a meeting with all the product team, and we talk about all right this sprint what can we do like we have this uh, github project we have all the issues and all the features and all the stuff that we need to go over and so we look at that board as a team and go over all right you know what i can tackle these in this thing this week uh, and someone does that and so we coordinate as a team and keep in mind we're still still a very small team so it's it's easy to communicate and to to coordinate this um and then also the what we also do is Every single day we have a stand-up meeting. Uh, it's not like you don't have to attend it, but we all do. It's like it's one of my favorite parts of the day, especially because I'm remote. So it's like, it's great. It's like, oh my God, I'm talking to real people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Like we, this takes like 10, between like 10 and half an hour, um, 10 minutes and 30 minutes. And it's like just, hi. Like for most people, this is at the beginning of their day. To me, is like at the you know, end of day almost. And it's like, hey, this is what I've been working on. Um, this is what I plan to finish by the end of the day. Um, and we talk over like, hey, how can I help? Or I need this or I'm stuck on this and I'm waiting for you to do that. You know, just go over. Uh, for me is what I've done. Uh, it's also a good way because I'm remote again. And time zones, it's a good way to, you know, uh, keep everyone in the loop. Like what a what I'm, what I've been working on, and what I just did, and what I'm not doing. Um, so that's pretty much it. So to sum up, we have every once in a while I have long-term meetings company-wide. We define our goals and objectives, and then we zoom in and we have bi-weekly sprint planning meetings uh, with the product team. In my case, or you know, it could be the marketing team, or it could be the whatever. Um, and then we meet every single day to like, quickly go over, say hi, and hug people virtually, uh, digitally, and high-five everyone saying, you know, good morning. Um, and that is it. So it's like a very light version of agile process, um, but it is kind of. Mm-hmm. I think that strikes a really good balance because like, I feel like one of the tricky things with that agile is that at a certain point, you're just managing the process. And you're like... Yeah. <laughs> the process like suddenly becomes a proxy for what you're you really want which is do good work and Mm -hmm. now all you're doing is just like making sure that the process is followed to the letter actually like the goal that you want to achieve is getting a good product out the door Um, and so i like that you're focusing on the things that matter and not on the ones who don't for your team so yeah yeah, that's that's really great i can tell you that the the worst thing that me like on my professional like on my career the worst thing i had to do one of these processes was time tracking your day (laughs) it was it was brutal like i hated it so so much was at an old job in which at the end of the day i mean all right it was an agency so there's like you know there's a different need you you need to build you know clients and stuff so Still, uh, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> like <laughs> at the end of the day, I had to go over and say, "All right, I worked on this project and this task, two hours today, one hour for this ticket, and three hours for that." It's terrible. 
it's like i hated it so much like yeah that's the worst you know, try to avoid that because that's just terrible i ended up just slacking off and not doing it or like yeah or just I, like that was not good at it guessing after the fact like oh oh yeah it like took me it means like nothing four hours it means nothing i mean do agencies still still charge by the hour well some uh, i'm gonna say most yeah sure i think so uh, at least it was for me right like yeah cause, well i don't know like do you remember tian and lax had this big thing about like we do not charge by the hour like we charge mm -hmm. for a pro like a successful delivery for your whatever product that you hire us mm -hmm. to do and it's going to be that fixed price and that's it uh, and i think that's that's definitely the smart way to go TNLX was like one of the best agencies <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, so right? solely based on uh, so them. Like, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I always hated charging by the hour because it's even when I was a freelancer and that was like a couple of months in my career, but, but still, like if you charge by the hour, you as the people charging the client, you know, the, the person charging, you are incentivized to take longer to do something and for the client they want to they want you to take you know not as long like the, the the fast as you can be so there's like there's two different expectations right yeah it interests so what i always did was i still charge by the hour but not really it was like you know i was briefed in the project uh... i i defined exactly what we want and we expect and then I charge a flat fee, but like roughly estimating this should take me a month or not or whatever, right? Right. But I'm not charging by the hour. So if I want to, you know, if I want to work twice as fast and like I'm still going to get paid the same. But the thing is like if for some reason some of that, so if the scope changes, then you renegotiate the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like. So you, you don't get stuck in the, all right, so what about just this one last screen? Or, well, well just try to change that the logo, whatever. So Dallas was like, all right, I have two iterations of feedback, so we don't get stuck here. Uh, <laughs> like, do this. All right, now change that. All right, now change Because that's the worst. And, and yeah, I mean, that worked out, you know, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't miss the freelancer days. Okay. Cool. Thanks for asking people questions on, well, asking for questions on Twitter. Yeah, no, honestly, that was great and a lot of fun. So, yeah, if you want to ask any of us, I will include Rafa in, into this because I think he's very you, good sir. at answering questions. Uh, has lots of really good advice. Uh, let us know on Twitter. Um, so either at our personal accounts or at Layout.fm. Uh, we'd love Boom. to answer them. All right. right. Uh, Should we do recommendations? As always, sir. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Recommendations. You want to go first? All right. I'll go first. Um, so I have a bit of a different recommendation this time around. And no, it's not Survivor. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is a restaurant. So I had my friend uh, Dustin who was visiting Montreal. Uh, so we were looking for a good restaurant to go to uh, and went to this restaurant called Four, four? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's basically H V O R, and it's in Montreal, and it's this really amazing restaurant. We got the the tasting menu with the wine pairings, and it was amazing. It's like you know, like the kind of like fancy. 
plates that they make you that are like very well like designed and like they super small portions yeah like they think about like how it's going <laughs> right. to be presented and it felt like being in chef's table um so yeah that was really great and really de- delicious so uh, i saw your instagram story and it was jelly <laughs> yeah so if you're in montreal go check it out um all right your turn rafa what's your recommendation for this okay week? okay uh my first recommendation for this week is uh, i don't know let's start with the game uh it's a game it's a a game for well i played it on the psvr position four but i know it's out for um well on steam i guess for oculus or vive uh and it's called super hot super hot if you've played it you know the reference it's pretty cool um so this is a very interesting and like different game it's a first person shooter well in vr of course it's first person it's a first person shooter in puzzle game which is not like a mix that you see often um so basically the the mechanics of it is like if you like if you the character if you don't move if you stand still time stops right and if you move like slowly time starts moving as well if you move fast time moves fast so you like your movement your speed of movement controls the speed of time and so as you can imagine like uh, if people shoot at you you can like slowly turn and dodge the bullet and you can see the bullets like in slow motion and so it's like or it's a puzzle so we have like all right three bad guys for example they one has a shotgun one is like coming at me to punch me in the face and so you have like to think all right i'm gonna throw something at that guy and then punch this dude in the face dodge that bullet pick his gun shoot the other guy all of this like in slow motion while you're thinking it's well it was pretty cool. cool it was it is super cool and super destiny <laughs> like when you <laughs> when you win a game it says like super hot forever and it, <laughs> and it gets in your head so nice. that's my recommendation i know like it just came out for playstation um but I know this is not a new game. I know it's been out um, for other platforms. So I'll dig some links and right. put them in the show so notes. So that's a VR-only VR. game, right? Uh, no, no, not really. I think it came out first as a non-VR game. Let me check. Huh, because it, it totally seems like it's the kind of game that will like, make so much sense on VR. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the, the graphic, like the style of the game is also interesting. It's like a... It's like a styled, stylized version of the world. It's not like, you know, it's not trying to mimic the real world. And it's, there are some, like, there's some explanations why, as to why the world looks that way that I'm not going to spoil, but there is a subtle, but also like interesting uh, plot and storyline to it. But so, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Okay. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So does the fact that something get explained in a piece of media count as a spoiler because now you basically told people to expect that <laughs> it will be revealed to them why the the walls are white there that is a very good point and i'm not sure i don't know i'm i'm hmm. honestly I'm, i don't know how big of a spoiler that is but i think the question is really interesting uh especially um because of what we're going to talk about next um but um 
yeah, I'm, I always wonder about that because I tend towards yes. This is a spoiler. Yeah. It's like saying, like, there's a plot twist at the end, you know? Yeah. Like, that is a spoiler. Even exactly. Though didn't because now it, it. it changes how you see the movie. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like that may count as, like, a half spoiler or something. Okay. You know what? I'll tell you what. I agree with you. And so we agree that there was a kind of a spoiler. But still, I'm not going to edit that out because it led to an interesting discussion. And... It's not that big of a spoiler, right. like you know. Yeah, uh, it's not that. Yeah, that's. Like, you're not gonna play the game for <laughs> that. Let's just say that. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> do you have a second recommendation or? I do. Because I yeah. do. So yeah, I bought this uh, brand new typeface, uh, and it's called Cin- Cinderblock, and Ooh, I love it. I haven't, I haven't bought a typeface in ages. So yeah, it's this uh, typeface uh, that is like this like highly condensed typeface that basically you can't read at certain uh with certain font weights but i just absolutely love how this this uh this typeface looks and the reason i bought it is because um i'm designing posters for my new place uh, and i was like oh let me play with some like some typefaces some colors and stuff like that uh and i bought it from for that and basically now i want to set everything in that typeface Uh, it (laughs) looks so good um and my favorite part about it is the m the way like the m in the end oh yeah um it's super long the the glyph itself is like twice as large as the other ones yeah yeah exactly so anyways uh check it out it's an awesome typeface and it's really cheap this is a whole like show on itself but (laughs) like i have a lot of pickles about the current state of like the way you buy for like you buy typefaces basically uh it's a mess it's a huge mess yeah so maybe this is maybe this could be a topic well yeah i mean okay (laughs) do you want to talk about it now or do you not want to talk no 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 let's not okay let's talk about it next Uh, week okay okay because i have things to say about it okay cool cool all right um my second recommendation is not a game uh do you remember last week last week we had sam and my recommendation was spider-man homecoming the movie and i i hinted that this brought me back to reading comics and stuff Uh um it has so (laughs) so i used to read comics when i was a teenager i guess and well i started like a disney comics and then i moved to marvel and so i guess it stopped when i was when i went to high school or something I stopped reading them for some reason. Um, and then I, I started reading comics again to read Saga. That was the only comic. I don't know if you know about Saga. It's this amazing nope. comic. Like one of my, it's probably my favorite comic of all time. It's still going, it's new-ish, meaning it's not from the 60s, like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but anyway, watching the, the Spider-Man movie, like it got me interested again in the Marvel universe, like, just because I, I was curious. So I started reading about, how Marvel is doing and turns out like crazy shit has happened <laughs> like that. You don't, you wouldn't believe. I don't know if you follow Marvel no. stories a lot. Of, well, this, this is going to take like two hours for me to explain, but <laughs> wow, okay. like, I'm going to try to condense it into like one sentence. But you know, you have Marvel, uh, the, like the classic 
world, the universe, the storyline, mm-hmm. and how like you know Spider Man and Iron Man and then the Avengers, and it's all in the same universe, and they meet each other, and they all live in this happy Marvel universe. Well, a couple of years, well, more than a couple, like <laughs> a couple of decades. I don't, I don't remember when, but at this, at some point, Marvel created this ultimate universe. So it was a chance for them to like restart some of the characters in their own like brand new story. So there's like the ultimate Spider-Man and ultimate Hulk and ultimate Iron Man. And so it was like this separate universe where you could restart all of these stories. So you didn't have to carry the baggage of the uh-huh. history. So basically we had for a long time, like two or even more universes of all these characters. So there's Spider-Man from the ultimate universe or Spider-Man from the classic. Anyway. So it turns out Marvel, uh, like I think, Two years ago, 2015. So they had this event called Secret Wars. Um, there was like this one, uh, I feel like it was five books long, so pretty short, but this one event that brought all of the Marvel universes together and they collided against each other. So you had like 10 different Spider-Mans fighting each other and stuff and they all died, but not really. Like this huge event <laughs> in the Marvel history. And all of this so they could combine all of the storylines into like one single universe now right uh, there's this one okay. universe yeah so it was a chance for marvel to get all of this like loose threads and combine them into one simpler universe <laughs> anyway so when i read that like holy pants like a lot has happened so i got really interested and it was a good you know starting point if you want to read comics like it was a good starting point again like you know this was like a reset in the whole thing um so all this to say <laughs> my recommendation this week <laughs> is uh marvel unlimited which is a service and an app i guess and it is basically netflix for marvel <laughs> so you pay a flat fee i think it's 9.99 or 6.99 or whatever and you get access through their apps, access to all of the Marvel catalog. So, you know, comics from the 60s, if you want. So I'm still in the trial. I think you have like a 30-day trial, free trial. Uh, I haven't paid yet, but like you have all the comics <laughs> that you might want. Well, if you like Marvel, uh, no DC, sorry. Uh, but like you could read all of these, like that I just mentioned, all the secret boards and all of that. Um, and uh, the app is surprisingly, you know, good um so i've been reading it on my girlfriend's ipad ipad pro the 9.7 inch which turns out like the ipad is the perfect uh, device for reading comics uh shocker um and so i've been having a lot of fun uh, getting back into comics before using marvel unlimited i was i still do i was buying comics off uh, comiXology which was later bought by amazon and the app it's not awesome but you know it works um so anyway this is my recommendation sorry for the long run but <laughs> i've been meaning to talk comics with someone but i just i just want i just needed to vent this cool yeah i'm not really into <laughs> comics but um this sounds great i know <laughs> i love how like, your recommendations are always just me like yep cool yeah good. <laughs> <laughs> well it was payback for me like hm, yeah the restaurant sounds pretty cool <laughs> can't possibly uh try it <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. That's it. Uh, thanks so much for listening. If you want to find the show notes and all of our 
past episodes and stuff, you can go to layout.fm on internet. Uh, we have everything there. <laughs> Thanks and, for clarifying. Mm-hmm, it's a website. Um, you can use a browser on your um, <laughs> computer devices. Uh, anyway, uh, we're at layout.fm on Twitter. Uh, if you want to listen to more shows, we are part of the wonderful spec.fm uh, network. Uh, we are one big happy family. Um, we have all the shows there. And also, our friends at Spec, they are building this thing called Spectrum. Brian, Brian and Max, they're building Spectrum, which is this place on the internet uh, for you to build and uh, be a part of communities. So, layout is there. So that means that every single week when, when an episode is out, we have this thing in Spectrum that all the listeners can join in and ask questions and create new stories and threads and we can talk there. So you can recommend us uh, topics or things you know to, for us to talk about. You can uh, leave suggestions and you can leave um, you know how how do you think we can improve or not? Uh, if you think we're perfect, I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I think we're perfect. That's it. Yeah. Also, thanks um, to Guillermo Silva for editing this. And yeah, we're getting bad at outros. <laughs> no, we're fine. We're fine. People don't listen to the, the outros, anyways. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Bye, dude. Let's do it. We are definitely not talking later definitely after the, this definitely theme song. Cannot wait to talk song. about whatever comes next but hey upside down cue stranger things theme song so yeah i'm not watching the trailer i saw that (laughs) well i saw that that you said that and also i saw that the trailer Uh, yeah i Mm -hmm. decided with Stranger Things, uh, it's not a full, full media blackout uh, because I have seen the teaser for it, which doesn't seem to be telling you a lot. I don't even remember. What was the teaser? What did it show? There was something about Ghostbusters in it. Hmm. Hmm. I think it's okay. like Halloween or something, but that's the only thing I know about this movie. Uh, this movie, this TV show. I don't know why I said movie. So it's the only right, thing. So here's all the spoilers. Uh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been trying to avoid, to avoid as much spoilers as possible. Um, set up some of the mute filters and uh, been purposefully avoiding typing anything related to Stranger Things into Google. Because, I, look, I know this is going to be awesome. I haven't seen the first season. I'm super excited about this. I know I will watch it. I know I will love it. So why would I watch a trailer? Right? Like I it can it can only spoil things for me. Um to get you know dopamine, to get uh, excited and pleasure and like being It can happy. only spoil things for me. And it like it's there is no question like I'm obviously gonna watch it like I'm for sure gonna watch it and I know they're gonna spoil things in the in in the trailer so yeah mm-hmm. I'm avoiding watching anything uh, related to strange, Stranger Things and when it comes out I think I'm gonna binge watch it like all at once. Okay, this is interesting. So you know I watched the trailer like I I didn't even consider full media blackout for this one. Um, 
and this is interesting. So when it does come out, we can like share experiences. How was it for you who had no previous exposure to any type of spoilers and info? Yes. Uh, versus me, who had all the exposure and <laughs> was aware of some things. Like, yeah, this is going to be interesting okay, to cool. you know compare experiences. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, challenge. I gotta say, if like one of the thing from all the things that I watch and I am excited about, I feel like Stranger Things would be the like for this season would be the easiest thing, like easiest show or movie that I could possibly like I could pull off a full media blackout just because like well first you know you get all the season at once because netflix and then it's coming out october like it's not you know it's not that long like i could wait a couple months as opposed to for example the trailer for the new avengers <laughs> which was It was shown at a crowd at, at Comic-Con, but then they haven't released the trailer itself. But of course, there's some leaks. Some people like, you know, shot up with their phone, whatever. I've seen that because I can't wait because the freaking movie right. is coming out in like a year or something or more. And I'm just so excited. And so I can't possibly... I watched the freaking phone potato quality leak <laughs> with you know the crowd really? cheering it was terrible terrible but i did it you had to um so are you do you think you're going to be able to or if you're even you know considering um not watching the next star wars trailers because mm. one has to like i i think we're gonna have at least like two more trailers right Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> so, the thing with Star Wars, um, at least in the J.J. Abrams era, I felt like I could watch the trailer because J.J. Abrams not a huge like fan of spoilers in trailers. And, and I think like that theory sort of worked out for me. Like I don't feel like I got much spoiled for me uh, because of the trailers. And obviously, like there were some things, but if you don't try to think about it too much, uh, it wasn't that bad. Um, but with this new one, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if I can trust the the trailers. So yeah, I mean, I'll watch it. Even some people said that the trailer the first trailer for the force awakens was better than force awakens right that that trailer was amazing mm. it was really really good i can see how some people might think that but i it was just like pent up star wars demands <laughs> <laughs> well but here's the thing by the way i don't think it was i was gonna say i don't think it, it would be possible but of course it is possible but you'd be really 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 hard to go in and see The Force Awakens without any exposure, any information. Yeah, like that's true. Yeah, but imagine that you did, and you were watching The Force Awakens, and you knew nothing about this movie, and then you see Han freaking Solo. Like, <laughs> you know, how would that feel like? Like, I can, or like you say, The Millennium Falcon, like, you know, like... <laughs> That that would be an amazing experience that I will never ever experience. 
yeah i don't know like for the first awakens i was just like so excited like there was no way i could hold off on yeah (laughs) on watching this like i was so curious for this one i don't know i'm kind of 50 on it 50 50 on it like a part of me (laughs) doesn't really care (laughs) about this movie (laughs) like i'm excited and everything about it but i know i'll like it like i know it's probably not gonna be terrible and I kind of know, like, what's going to happen along those lines. Like, they're going to fight off Kylo Ren. Uh, Ray's going um, to meet Luke. Like, I feel like I already know some things about it. So it's, it's almost like there's not as much pressure to, like, avoid spoilers. Um, I don't you know. know. I, I'm just going to say, like, I can't. Knowing myself, I can't. <laughs> I can't help it. Like I'm not going to be able to hold off. You know, yeah, if you it was like a trailer that came out like two weeks before the movie or something, yeah, sure, maybe. <laughs> but like you know, it's summer. The, the movie is coming out in the freaking December. Like I am not. Even if I try every single day from here to to Christmas. I'm going to be thinking about it. Knowing you, I know that's impossible for you. (laughs) (laughs) I just just have to admit to myself, uh, I am not a type of person that can pull that off. I can't. I get too excited. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm not sure. Jury's still out for Star Wars. I am, well, I am excited for you. (laughs) Like, I... Because I will never be able to do that. Well, for certain things, maybe. I don't know. But, like, I am excited. I'm really curious to see how your experience will differ from mine. Yeah, that will be interesting. How, like, if that even, you know, makes a difference or not. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> one other TV show, uh, which I don't care as much about, <laughs> also uh, released a new trailer this week. Uh, uh, excuse me, technically it's a teaser. Uh, okay, teaser. Well, perfect. Honestly, okay, that's another thing we should talk about. Like, I, like, can we do more teasers? Like, can't, can't teasers mm-hmm. just be the new trailers? Can we just stop with trailers all, all, all together and just do teasers? I think those are so much better than trailers. Mm-hmm. Well, then modern day trailers, sure. Yeah. Like, because I watched that, and maybe that's my new rule going forward. No trailers, only teasers. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe that's a good rule. Because I watched that, and I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, Wait, but, I'm not sure if you mentioned what it is that you're talking about. We're talking about Westworld. Did yeah, we're talking about Westworld. It? Uh, Sorry. Okay, <laughs> I missed it. Yeah, Westworld, season two, which is not coming out in, at least until 2018. Mm-hmm. It's a while. Yeah. So, Yeah. There's a teaser. Um, it's like a minute long or something. Uh, no dialogue, I think. Just a creepy song. A piano song, whatever. And do we want to talk about it? Like, is this a spoiler? Like, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, let's not talk about it. So let's just there, say, I mean, there's not much that I can talk about, really. Like, looks interesting. Looks good. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited. Well, Westworld right now is probably one of my favorite TV shows. Like I wasn't, yeah, maybe it's because it it is a teaser and it was so short and like we didn't get much. But I wasn't super excited. <laughs> like 
I enjoyed it and I, you know, I missed Westworld. I was like, oh, cool, it's going to be awesome. But I didn't went to Reddit and read theories and whatever, <laughs> like trying, you know, dissecting the trailer or teaser. Sorry. Um, I don't know. It was good. It was good. It was good to see all these characters back. And yeah, seeing some characters being back that I wasn't sure that they would be back for season two. They are. Yeah. So it's cool. That is cool. Yeah, so it'll be interesting, but I don't think it, it like the uh, teaser spoils much, really. Uh, so. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's completely safe. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, but, that's so the reason I watched it was honestly I didn't know if I wanted to like watch it again. <laughs> like I liked it, <laughs> I, and I enjoyed I it, I but I I just felt like it was the first part of the 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 first season was so long. <laughs> before it got to anything that was just like okay i need something to like hold on to so i watch it it looks somewhat interesting doesn't like reveal anything so yeah i'm probably gonna watch it still but yeah i thought like that's a a, that was a good way to do a a teaser because it's like oh okay these people are gonna be here but i have no idea in what context and in what order these scenes are so this would be forever a question that I will never be able to answer to myself that if you the reason that maybe you didn't enjoy Westworld as much as I did it was somehow influenced by the fact that you kind of binged watched it so you didn't have that one week period to let things sink in and you know so like I don't know. I mean, it's legit. It's plausible that you just didn't enjoy that. Well, I like know, the the, the last part. <laughs> I like hmm. the, the last like two or three episodes. No, it's not, there's even no point in talking about this now. But like, I would like for season two for you to watch it like you know on schedule and yeah. we could talk about it. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will try not to do that. Okay. Um, We'll see. I don't. Okay. I still don't think there's an illegal way for me to do this. Uh, but we have to go rogue here, dude. We'll uh, <laughs> do it for the show. We'll, we'll, we'll see if anything uh, falls off the back of a truck. <laughs> Maybe I can watch it. Well, uh, setting up a VPN is not illegal. You know, that's what I do. Like I pay for all these services that I shouldn't be able to get, but I do it legally. I think. I hope. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, we'll see. Think about it. Anyway, okay. Yeah, what else? I mean, by the way, all this is all these trailers are out because it was Comic-Con. Um, there's a trailer of Thor. Let's not get into it because I have a... I, I I think Kevin is not really into it. Um, I haven't watched it. The trailer is so funny, and it's so funny that they're bringing this 90s style to Thor, to uh. this new uh, movie. It's so cool. It's uh, like it looks so cool. Um, it looks so funny. I mean, Thor is one of my least favorite movies in the MCU right now, but I'm excited for this one. It looks funny and cool. <laughs> and lastly, last piece of uh, upside down ish nism. Uh, <laughs> you tweeted a picture of you in a DeLorean. You mother. Yes. <laughs> I am so jealous right now. That was God so exciting. And so how? By the way, so first question: What was that? <laughs> like, it was not just like a car show that there was a DeLorean because there was a freaking hoverboard prop, and you had the the jacket and the hat. So 
it was a thing yeah you know? so what, what was that there's always a bunch of festivals in montreal uh, in the summer uh and this is the just for laughs festival uh which is like a comedy festival and for some reason they also had a bunch of cars uh along with like their owners that were just like around uh it was like crazy cars that have been like modified or like iconic cars and so this was one of them uh, and the owner of the car had like all the props set up all the hoverboards yeah. installed ready to go and so when he saw me me uh get close to the car i was like oh my god uh, like <laughs> drooling i was like hey do you want to like put this on and like take a picture in it i was like yes absolutely <laughs> i was born for this moment uh, <laughs> i was so excited um and yeah it was it was amazing like this car is just is just something else like it's so iconic is it as cool and, as it looks like in the movies oh yeah it's it's so cool and, and there's something about it in real life that just like draws you to it you know what i mean like it's like old but futuristic at the same time yeah and I, i love it so cool. we're gonna put the the photo yeah the picture in the show notes so you can just scroll and look at it um and i told you this before i started recording the the only missed opportunity here is that you didn't l looked at your watch uh, i know like the, the poster <laughs> so disappointed <laughs> i was i was too in the moment to think about it yeah so. <laughs> maybe next time i can see that if was, <laughs> well you could go back in time and do it i guess yeah But I don't have my car anymore. We all do that. <laughs> What a paradox. Anyways. All right, dude. Cool. This is fun, man. I'll talk to you next week, dude. All right. Bye. Bye.